Hi, this is Ken Jung of the Darkest Timeline Podcast. I just want to give a shout out to all the community podcasts keeping the show and the love and spirit of the show alive. Thank you guys for all your love and support. Uh, I want to thank Six Seasons and a Podcast, uh, Community Rewatch Podcast, Fluffy Town, Save Greendale Committee, Greendale 3, Welcome to Greendale, and Advanced Community Studies. I love you and Chang the world. I like that he says of the darkest timeline podcast. <laughs> as if, <laughs> as if we, we don't know who he is. B, he's not a massive movie and star. Three, he's not a medical doctor. He says of the darkest. You might know me from such things as. Hi, this is Ken Jong from All About Steve. Um. <laughs> So I, I'm a boy. I like to play uh, video games on on easy. I like I like to put it on. Sometimes I'll even do like tell me a story level difficulty. Uh, God bless this console yeah, generation yeah. for giving me like an even easier easy on yeah. almost every game. Yeah, God bless this generation for making accessibility a priority. Making accessibility. I don't like if I die more than a couple times to some fight. I'm not, like, challenged. I just get mad. I'm just like, I just want to get to the next part of the game. I don't yeah. need to prove myself. My life is hard enough. I don't need to prove <laughs> myself to fucking Bowser. I don't need sure, Bowser's sure. approval. Um, and there are just people that the do not... The game's a power under- fantasy, not a punishment fantasy. Sorry, yeah, let, let me kill the robots. You know, I'm playing Nier Automata right now, and if you push the right buttons that game will play itself and that's a beautiful thing (laughs) i have auto dodge i have auto fire on it's great i don't have to worry about either of those things now i just press the sword button it's great but if you talk to a fucking (laughs) dark souls fan they will say like oh but it's so rewarding you really gotta try it and i'm like i will not enjoy it that that game has nothing that i like about video games in it there's That's, no story. No. There's no fun characters. You just fight guys. <laughs> and honestly, like I was playing Mass Effect 2, my favorite game of all time. Finished it uh, like a month ago or whatever. I was like, I, I shoot too many guys. Can we get like 10% less shooting guys in this game? You know, give me yeah. give me a second to just like walk around the nice environment you've crafted for me. Um, <laughs> I don't I don't need to be killing guys every twenty seconds. Like truly, nope. it's okay. Not at, Not at all. As soon as the Dark Souls family of games d- self labeled themselves as Massacre, I was like, I don't need that. Ass. Well, a, a masochistic hardcore man because we like punishment. No. Oh, I've never heard that, but that's oh, yeah. terrible. I want yeah, that. The, I want to Souls, unhear that if yeah, I can. Yeah, the Souls games, Bloodborne, uh, Sekiro, mm-hmm. basically from software's games. Um, yeah, the, the Soulsborne games. games. Yeah. yeah, they're Massacore. Masochistic yes. hardcore. I hate So that. hard it's punishing. And like, that's don't get me wrong, there are times where I will get myself into that mood. For instance, when I'm doing the time trial at the beginning of Titanfall 2, and I'm just trying to cut time down, and sure. it's, I do it I do it 67 times over the next hour trying to get it within 30 seconds instead of 
the 50 seconds I recorded the time before. But and that's because those, it's, those your, it's your choice. You're, you're yeah, electing exactly. to do that. Yeah, and they're fleeting moments. Once, I, once I've done that for long enough and my hand hurts, I go, you know what? I don't care that much. And then I stop. I'm just done. That's it. I, I, don't, uh, I don't care so much about that. Yeah, um, I, I forgot I don't care anymore. Yeah, and if you like the hard video games, like, more power to you. Enjoy that. But just, like, don't try to make me like it. It's nothing that I like about video games. I like. Also, don't try to make me feel like less of a gamer because I don't like it. <laughs> oh, my God. That's the worst. Get a life. Get a fucking life. Get a second hobby. I beg of you. I beg of you. Learn how to fucking whittle. I swear to God, if you if you try <laughs> to get haughty about playing video games. And listen, enjoy. I love playing video games. I was playing some fucking video games last night. They're great. They're fun. But, like, you should play them because they're fun for you to play. Yeah. And yeah. and you shouldn't say that your fun is better than anyone else's fun. Yeah, I played Minecraft Dungeons today for, like, four hours. It's fucking awesome. But when I told somebody last night that I was going to play it, they were like, what do you even see in that game? It looks stupid and kitty. And you know what I saw in it? Something that was goofy and fun. And yeah. guess what? I had fun. And it was goofy. And I enjoyed it. Because that's sometimes, sometimes what I want. <laughs> it's fun to play games for kids because they're like easy and they're usually cute and uh, they seem yeah. nice. Yeah. Um, I don't. Dungeons though is very difficult. I don't mean to say it's for kids, oh, okay. but it, but you can make it easy. Believe yeah. it or not, there's like six or seven different difficulty levels you can play every mission on. Great. So you can make it breezy, easy breezy breezy, or you can make it really hard, and it's yeah. fun. Yeah, and it's okay. Just like that's fine. just like. And enjoy that if you enjoy that. If you like playing Minecraft Dungeons on the hardest difficulty, then, like, good for you. That's, like, a sense of personal achievement. But right. I get no sense of personal fulfillment out of, oh, I beat the that pile of pixels. I beat that that <laughs> stack of binary code that attacked me. I beat My it. My life's accomplishment is not measured in backlog In what I've killed cleared. in a video game. And enjoy it if you have you know if you if you have these these beautiful incredible video game moments i'm happy for you i applaud you but like that's just not that's just not why i'm i i play them and it should be okay for right. me to live the my life this way you bloodborne yeah. fan it should be okay oh man just the arguments in 2019 alone about easy modes being there are well, and i saw like, those we're not saying resurface. make games easier we're saying just make a setting yeah. So that people who want it easier can have... Well, it sacrifices the design. No, it doesn't. They put it in the game. The designer put it in the game. I didn't mod an easy mode in. They put it in the game. <laughs> I wish people in the listening to this podcast could see how accusative your finger was just then. It was very good. They did it. They, they put fucking it in there. Did it. <laughs> they, I didn't do that. Yeah, oh my god. I, I saw those arguments resurface around Sekiro, and I was like, yeah. are we still doing this? <laughs> Is this still happening? Am yeah. I in 2007 all over again? I Oh, I saw. Here's one for you. Here's a blast Uh-oh. from the fucking past. <laughs> I uh, made a mistake of watching a YouTube video about video games, and in the comments, people were like, you took this footage from the Xbox version when real Doom players play it on PC. And I'm like, 
Are we still doing the PC Master Race bit? Oh yes, the CMR thing is strong. Are we still fucking doing that one? Oh my god. I bet it's the same people. There's not new PC Master Race people. It's the same (laughs) people for the last 13 years. Yeah, yeah. They've just gotten more bitter. Yeah, because they've gotten older and uh, their life has been no more fulfilling. So they're, they're like still Jedi. mad about Xbox. <laughs> yeah, they're Jesus. like Jedi. They sit in their high council and accomplish nothing by trying to tell people how to live their lives. They're the uh, they're the people that are straight edge. They're teetotalers, and they want <laughs> everyone else to be teetotalers. And it's like, no. Yeah. If you're straight edge, like more power to you. But like, don't don't put this on me. Don't put don't this yuck, on everybody else. Don't yuck my yum, homie. I'm Come trying to now. have fun. Yes. Exactly, and this is, of course, Advanced Community Studies, a podcast where we look at community a couple episodes at a time. Uh, (laughs) We are the Greendale Three. I am one of your hosts, TV's Kevin Lanigan, and I am the hilarious guy on Guy. (laughs) Nice, and I am one of your other hosts, Caleb, and I am Nada Mucho, I mean, Natalie Merchant. And uh, uh, we uh, uh, are discussing this week uh, a couple of uh, fun later season one episodes. Stay tuned after the main episode uh, for uh, my interview with uh, comedian Aaron Harland, who is watching Community for the first time. Uh, so we're getting those those fresh eyes on this old show, which is always fun. Uh, uh, but for now, dare we segue into... I guess let's do um, this week on Community Twitter, shall we? Um, sure. <laughs> all right. So uh, uh, one question, and this just came up like right before the show. This is from our friends that already accepted. If you could make your own community spinoff with two characters, and yes, I am putting you on the spot here. Do oh, no. you have an idea for a community spinoff? Uh, while you're thinking of yours, I'll do mine because I already oh, I've, posted it. I've got on our mine account. too. So go for it. Okay, go for great. It. Um, so mine would be Professor Sean Garrity. And Matt Lundegaard, uh, played by Jason Manzukis, founding a small theater in uh, Colorado and putting on their insane shows together. So that that would be my pitch for a community spinoff show. Okay, okay. Mine would be um, Paget Brewster's character, um, Frankie Dart. Frankie, yep. And put some Annie. respect on her name. Okay, Frankie and Annie together. Running, running Greendale. It's called Type A's. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. It would be them running Greendale. It would be a continuation of the show. Um, sure. Not so much like the study group, but you would have the ability to have, much like the good fight has characters from the good wife show up, uh-huh. much like uh, Chicago PD has people from Chicago Fire fire show up right uh-huh. uh, ncis has people from ncis la or new orleans show up fraser and uh, cheers yeah we we exactly. I, I, yeah. I follow yeah so jeff and troy and abed and britta and anybody from the original show could swing by if they wanted to but um it would be a show about frankie and annie helping the dean there's probably saving the school from the dean i want to see the, de- the dean become the bad guy almost uh-huh. and they're frequently trying to fix his mistakes I think that checks out. Who was this yeah. Troy person? Was he the group's pharmacist? Uh, just an incredible, <laughs> incredible Frankie Dart joke from pharmacist? season six. 
Z, I, that's, that's one of the best, uh, bits. Uh, and then this one is just another weird tidbit. I don't know if you've, uh, seen it on our, um, account, but it is a still from an episode of The Simpsons, where The Simpsons walk by a TV writing class, and it is being taught by Professor Harmon, who indeed (laughs) looks somewhat similar to our own Dan Harmon, and he is teaching on (laughs) Professor Harmon's story circle, and the circle uh, reads, Basic Cable, Fired, Network TV, Fired, Rehired, Cancelled, Yahoo, Teaching. Um, and then shortly, uh, about five seconds later, that uh, Professor Harmon is pelted with paintballs, and he says, ouch, 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 uh, which is, who the oh, fuck is that joke ouch. for? It, that ouch, ouch, ouch is, a, is an, even an Abed joke, too. Yeah, it's a cool, cool, cool. And then, yeah, he gets pelted oh, no. with the paintballs. And of course, that story circle walks us through uh, Dan Harmon's. So, okay, so all the levels of this. We have a a Dan Harmon joke, which is a particularly niche bit. That is that is a selective <laughs> bit for anyone that is going to understand that. Then you are incorporating Dan Harmon's story circle, which I can't imagine a tremendous number of people are familiar with his own personal brand of TV structure. And in and subbed in on the story circle is Dan Harmon's career trajectory, starting with the Sarah Silverman program. And then it's a paintball joke and an Abed joke. And that is, does someone at, at the Simpsons have an axe to grind? Or is this just... A random joke? I, I'm I'm remarkably curious about this. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out like where it's so specific. It's so specific. And it's, <laughs> it's like a lot of inside baseball shit. Like this is not I don't even know what a commonplace community joke would be. I guess doing like an Abed character saying like I'm on TV, cool, 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 is like the most mainstream community could get. And I just, I just don't understand this. Dan Harmon's Instagram. Selman at a comic book party. We might be making you a joke on The Simpsons. How thick is your skin? Do you want to be comfortable or do you want us to go for it? Me, heart racing, but knowing my duty, I'm a comedy writer. Give me the works. Hurt me. Cut to the handsomest I've ever looked in my entire life. I'm going to look (laughs) at this in my bathroom before sex. This is not a humble brag. This is me saying, holy shit, I was in The Simpsons tonight, and I can't believe how sexy they drew me. (laughs) Dan. (laughs) Oh, my God. And and he's uh, in a gif uh, commented here. He is drinking directly from a bottle of vodka, which is classic (laughs) Dan Harmon bit. Classic. Season oh, 19, episode, t- or season 29, episode 2 of The Simpsons. October 8th, 2017. 2017? Yeah, dude. Oh, so we're just, like, unearthing this ancient history now. Yeah, when it was perhaps its most painful, right? Because 2017 was right after the Yahoo season ended, wasn't it? Uh, 2015 is, uh, 20... we're looking we're looking at, like, a May, June 2015. I thought it was 2016 because there was like a break in between five and six because the Yahoo thing was a delay. Um, well, you know what? I have the fucking Wikipedia list in front of me. Let me just let us just get an answer here. They uh, the the team. finale of Community aired June second, 2015, yeah. on Yahoo right. screen, 
that wasn't that fresh. Yeah, but still. I, it finished while I was in college, and this is like, well, I guess this episode technically aired a month after my graduation, but it was. I remember watching season six in my final year of college. This was 2017. 2017. What this a, joke is so specific. That's it's. Have you ever seen a more niche joke in your entire (laughs) existence? And like, if I think if I had caught this on live TV when it happened, I may have just fucking ethered myself. I may have have melted. Gone. It's it's like um, I had a I had a watch party in my college apartment for when Arrested Development season four premiered, and Dan Harmon is in the second episode. And I had to explain to a room full of people why I was, like, losing my mind at this random bit character. And I was like, you don't understand! It's Dan Harmon! It's fucking Dan Harmon! You understand! What's even better about this is that, like, Selman asked him about it before doing it. And Dan Harmon was like, yeah, go in. Fucking be as mean as you want. Because this is really fucking mean, too. (laughs) This is really because like he had a drinking problem and he got fired and from one job and moved to another one and then got fired from community and then got rehired. And then the show got like it's and then it's just teaching and he's drinking while he's doing it. Something I feel is missing from this little bit and it it doesn't work for the bit, is that he uh, runs a very successful animated program that generates a ton of merchandise money. I feel like they left that bit out. And I'm not here to, like, defend Dan Harmon, who we have yet to unpack on this show, but is his own uh, complicated beast. (laughs) Uh, But I I feel like they they left out the fact that he currently runs a very successful animated program. Yeah, no, he's not he's not hurting. Yeah, fucking the what what was it? Cartoon Network just bought a hundred episodes of Rick and Morty. Yeah, I I mean, <laughs> Adult Swim will continue to buy Rick and Morty for as long as Justin Roiland lives. For as long as they don't have to replace him as ninety percent of the voices on that show. Yeah, also, uh, they will for continue as long as that show buy. remains just incredibly popular incredibly and profitable. Well done. Yeah, <laughs> unbelievably. Uh, popular and uh, it's amazing and to me that Dan beloved. has such a has such a and I don't want to say niche because I almost said Nietzsche whatever he has a very uh, Nietzsche I mean I, I assume Nietzsche. Dan Harmon believes God is dead oh yeah I, don't, I wouldn't imagine that uh, uh, he would have any other beliefs but no it's it's not that he's he's niche because he's not he, he isn't as we're discovering right with all the people that are picking up community and going oh shit this is really good Mm-hmm. It's just that he's so overlooked, it seems. Like, he should be a household name, but because of some of the stuff that he's struggled with, some of the issues that he's gone through, that's yes. been that's not happened. And so, like, the longer people like Rick and Morty, the more I hope they realize that, like, yo, the dude behind this isn't a one-hit wonder. Like, he's made a lot of really good, really well-put-together stuff. Yeah. He just has demons. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's had demons. Probably still has, but maybe yeah, he's sure. just gotten rid of some. Yeah, um, and not to you know, not to uh, speak about him when he is not here to defend himself. It's 
it's a topic I've skirted over on this show for some time, and I do not think this is the proper time to dive into it. No, but absolutely not. there are things that, that one day might need to be discussed about Dan Harmon. But at this point, to this day, that is not what we are here to discuss. Uh, exactly. Let us begin tonight's uh, uh, episode with um, Season 1, Episode 19, Beginner Pottery, directed by Anthony Russo, written by Hilary Winston, classic community writer. Um, in this episode, Jeff, Abed, and Annie take a pottery class as a blow-off, and Jeff becomes very jealous of uh, a very handsome doctor who is very good at pottery. And uh, in the B story, everyone else takes a sailing class in a parking lot. I love this episode. Beginner pottery is one of my absolute things from season one. It's very good. A tremendously I, uh, funny episode. I am particularly fond of the B plot with the boat in the parking lot. I just think it's that super is funny. Good. You've got Bruno Troy, Shirley, and Pierce on a boat, and Starburns, I guess. Um, yeah. There Jim. are these great boats. The, the great jokes, the fucking boat sailing past the classroom. Uh, Pierce is going to be the only person to drown in a parking lot twice. I mean, on that mermaid car. Uh, <laughs> I mean, man. Mermaid car. Oh, I just think that stuff is... <laughs> when I look uh, at you, tremendous. I no longer see students. I see semen. From the moment the mark you came aboard, I saw semen inside you. <laughs> More importantly, you stopped laughing at the word semen, which is the mark of a true semen. <laughs> yeah, Lee Majors coming in, absolutely destroying that line. Crushing it. <laughs> crushing it. And you also, there are two great uh, teacher cameos in this episode, because you have Tony Hale, the great Tony Hale, uh, in as Professor Holly in the Pottery Studio. Um, he's so good, too. He's so funny. He doesn't get a tremendous amount to do, but every time they ask him to yell about the fucking movie Ghost, <laughs> it just kills me. I think it's, it's so funny. Hello, my blueberries. <laughs> what is going on here, my blueberries? Uh, incredible line. Uh, the class so easy, people walking by get a contact <laughs> People credit. walking by get a contact credit. <laughs> Oh, fuck me, dude. Um, is this... It's very good. Absolutely. So this is one of the first times we have... I guess physical education was this as well, but this is Jeff flying into a complete jealous rage over somebody, usually a man, <laughs> being better than him at something. He yeah, cannot yeah. take it. He cannot well, stand it. But he grows more in this one than he does uh, in previous, right? Like, he actually yes. comes around on it, and not only does he come around on it, he reimagines his own his own childhood so that he can cope with it more more easily, which is He can get better too. lessons from his mom that it's like, it's okay, you're not gonna be the best at, at everything, and, and that's alright. Like, You'll probably be okay at a few things, not very good at some others, and I think we could all learn a lot from Jeff's imaginary mom. Yeah, <laughs> Jeff's imaginary mom is is the mom one adult would imagine for themselves. Yes, uh, I, uh, I I I would I would love to get those words of encouragement that it's like, no, it's okay to not be very good at this. Yeah, yeah. people just aren't good at some things. Jeff would be a great dad because he would do that. He would do all the things that Jeff wouldn't be a great dad. I need to rescind that statement. Yes. Jeff would occasionally give some bits of wisdom. Jeff would be a whiskey armchair dad and he would be largely <laughs> silent most of the time. But every so often he'd give you this little nug of wisdom. He would give you a winger like uh, his kid would come home and be like, 
Dad, the kids on the playground, they're being mean to me. They're, they, they don't treat me nice. He's like, stop talking to them. Walk, walk away from them. I don't understand what the problem is. <laughs> yeah. And even though, even though he's being dismissive of his kid, that's probably good advice. Probably just like, don't talk advice. to those just kids fucking anymore. Leave them alone. Yeah, let them, just don't talk to them Let anymore. them be. That is, yeah. that is Jeff Dad in my in my head. Yes. Um, see, now, you... <sighs> I brought this up a little bit in the pre-show, so I'm going to bring it up again here because I do have to talk about this. So there is a pattern to community, right, that that it doesn't follow every episode, but that it does follow in some small degree. And that's that when it happens, there's a big conflict and then it's all brought to a head. And then Jeff is the one that helps everyone dismount by making a point no one thought of before. It doesn't happen all the time. But, but, it does but that is as classic a community like moment. I mean, they lampoon it late yeah. in season two as like, oh, this is the thing we do all the time. Yeah, they, they do. They do go after it a couple of times. But but it's, it's the thing that they do. And it reminds me of shows like West Wing or Newsroom because shows you I like. Think, yes, I do like both of those. I because I think and I don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Newsroom has some issues, but um, we all like one piece of trash, and we're like, for some reason, this trash just really resonates with me. And yeah. I know it's not great, but just like I really like this trash. I like Newsroom the same way I get cravings for a Sprite and chicken McNuggets at three in the morning because so my body's gonna trash. hate it later, but I need it right now. I understand. Um, I get well, it. No, Aaron Sorkin has this propensity to build an episode towards one of his undeniably more intelligent than most people characters it allows them to help dismount with like a point it's even more so prevalent in west wing where the president um played by martin sheen not charlie sheen um oh sir oh can you imagine how (laughs) crazy that would he always has something to say that like can silence a room can make the point can drive something home and Mm -hmm. like it's a climactic moment of almost every episode that it happens in, despite the fact that it may happen in the middle, it may happen in the end. The end of Beginner Pottery, this this episode comes together very much like that for me, with so many things going on, right? You've got the people on the boat, and you've got Jeff having his whole deal, all that stuff's kind of swirling around. And then, rather than giving it to Jeff, because he's having a fucking episode, pun intended. Wow. Wow. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help it. I tried to stop myself, and I still couldn't. Um, and they give it to Pierce. Yeah, Pierce gets and the I little speech about, like, I've never been good at anything. <laughs> I shit you not. Pierce's speech in this episode makes me emotional almost every single time I see it. Because, like, it's so good. And, and it's, it's, it's so resonant. Grounded. It's well-delivered. Uh, Chevy yeah. does a good job with his speech. Of like, oh, I've never been very good at anything, but I've I've always tried, and I, I, I do my best. So good. When I was born, he says, Jeffrey, when I was born, I got my umbilical cord wrapped around my neck, both arms, and one of my ankles. Mom said there came a point when the doctor stopped delivering me and just started laughing. I mean, if I ever let being bad at something stop me, I wouldn't be here. That thing some men call failure, I call living. <laughs> Breakfast. And I'm not leaving until I've cleaned out the buffet. It's so it's, good. It's kind of beautiful. 
It's kind of great in a in a season one Pierce kind of way. It's this <laughs> it's this nice little nugget. I love oh what's his name Greg Cromer who plays Rich. I'm kind of segueing uh, away from that, sure, but I sure. I've always really liked that. Yes, Greg Cromer uh, who plays Rich. He's only in a few episodes. Oh, he's a St. Louis, Missouri boy. Mm. Oh, he's one of ours. I'm gonna I gotta go find him. Yeah. Uh, oh, I I don't think he still lives there. <laughs> I think that's what I he think, would want you to think. I think he is, him. but this guy has also showed up in uh, so many of my favorite shows. He's one of those guys, and he'll pop in on Happy Endings, Justified, Mad Men, Community. Like he's he's all over the place, and um, he's a handsome guy who deliver who can deliver a joke, which is invaluable in Hollywood. Yes. It's the it's yes. the best thing you could possibly be is a handsome guy that can deliver a joke. And uh, I I like Rich. He doesn't. He only what like three times he shows up on this show. To my recollection, something like that. He's in this episode. He's in the Halloween episode. He's in an anthropology episode. He's in Asian population studies. He's in uh, the epidemiology. And he, you know, I was just fucking on this dude's IMDb. Like literally, I was just. On this <laughs> I'm IMDb. on it. I'm on it now. Okay. I'm trying to find his. I clicked on the wrong thing. Asian population studies. Please go back to where I was. Beginner pottery and epidemiology. One of my fave, uh, barely reoccurring characters, but I love him so. He's so the end of this episode also has the. If you it was supposed a... to be you, Richard. <laughs> it was supposed to be you. I remember watching that with my girlfriend's family in 2010 and them going, that was weird. (laughs) They they didn't think it was funny. They were just like, oh, that was weird. Why did this get so dark? Yeah, no, um, that was what I was going to say is he has this like, I'm I'm nice and everyone loves me, but I'm going to kill you. He might be a serial killer. You he's either the nicest man who's ever existed or. There are a bunch of bodies in his basement. There are no other options. Right. Exactly. There's no in-betweens. And so, like, the end of this episode puts that completely... It just puts it on display. Yeah. <laughs> I he, love... Like, evilly peers around the side of his pot while his mom just it's fucking goes in. Forehead down. The Norman Bates, like, underlit forehead down. Uh, yeah. I like that we don't technically get a resolution to whether or not he's ever taken a pottery class before. Like it, it, it the episode, much like Jeff decides that it really doesn't matter that uh, whether or not he's ever done it before. Uh, and so, what if he has? Like, well, he definitely has. He definitely he, has. He definitely has. That's your that's your working theory is that he oh, definitely yeah. has. He tells him to repeat the thing in front of the teacher, and he goes, "No." Oh, he's to hide I it. see. The off-the-hip method, because Jeff yeah, read the entire encyclopedia of pottery. Oh, Jeff, you're gold-blooming. I, gold blooming. Have, have, I, don't, I, don't, I don't even know what know that means. What means. <laughs> it took me, like, my third or fourth time viewing that episode, and it was only because I'd recently watched something with Goldblum in it, where I uh-huh. was like, oh, fuck, he's acting like Jeff Goldblum. Like, right Oh, you never got that said, before? No, I didnn't catch oh, that the first couple man. times. That's your uh, Bert Nerdy like, end tag. Mean? It's just this thing that doesn't click over for you. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I love that joke. I love jokes like that, where Jeff will act like Jeff Goldblum for one line, and then it's back to business as usual. I, I think that's great. If we're talking about GIF origins, and we always are, uh, the immortal GIF of Alison Brie making a big clay penis is certainly <laughs> one that I've seen fucking spread around. And the outtake of that is really funny, too, because she grunts, and Danny Pudi fucking loses his mind. 
Because who like, wouldn't? She's moving. She's like, make. She's molding it, and she goes. Mm. <laughs> and Danny Pudi just fucking uh, falls out. It's so funny. Uh, oh man, um, <laughs> a, an excellent time. Uh, and I, I also really like the the uh, Shirley plotline. Technically, with the with the boat. Uh, where she decides yeah. that it's okay to be nice, like it's it's all right yeah. if you're again not a dominating figure. It's okay to just be nice and be a regular person. Sure, and that's that's the other part of the like Sorkin feeling to me is that like Pierce gives this really rousing speech, and then Shirley brings it brings the brings the crowd like gently back down with like a I'm going to be this despite the things against me. I don't know. It, it's just. It's a really melodramatic end of an episode, but I fucking love it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a lot and, of uh, things happen. It's very interesting to me. This is a uh, tiny uh, nitpick, but they could for some reason license Patrick Swayze and put an X through his picture, but they couldn't license Leo from Titanic. So it's just a picture, a crossed out picture of a random guy on a boat <laughs> that <laughs> Professor Slaughter <laughs> holds up. Uh, that's just like a tiny little nitpick of mine. And I get that, like, you don't want Leonardo DiCaprio to sue you. Sure. Uh, it's just, a, it's a little, a little thing when it comes to rights clearance. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe it was a friend of a friend that like got them the, the rights for Swayze. The right or... to Swayze's corpse. I made it, I made it made before, before he died. He died. It's, died. Not, it's bad not bad taste. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love it. Uh, a little, a little, you know, a kind of a clunky episode of Community, but there's so many good jokes. There's so many good little character moments uh, and character introductions. Shall we segue on then uh, yes. to uh, our next episode, season one, episode twenty? Can you believe twenty, 20 yeah. full episodes? The We're science <laughs> of illusion. Uh, directed by Adam Davidson, written by Zach Pates. In this episode, it is April Fool's Day on Greendale's campus. Uh, Britta attempts to prove she is not a buzzkill uh, <laughs> by uh, trying to put a f- hat on a frog and sneak it on Senior Chang's desk, and somehow that ends up with her dropping a cadaver out of a window. <laughs> out of a window. Where she falls afoul of uh, special guest security guards Allison Bree uh, or, or uh, Annie and Shirley, who are temporary security guards in, in times of heightened shenanigans. <laughs> they give Pierce a wizard robe <laughs> and try to convince him uh, that his cult has given him magic powers. <laughs> it's a cookie wand. I'm glad they addressed that at the end of the episode, because the first time I watched this, I'm like, what? I don't understand this at all why oh, is he a wizard a good, with a cookie it's such a good it's such a good call out because like i knew about the wizard cookie crisp guy because i remember an ad campaign specifically where the burglar and the wizard were in the commercials together but Whoa. for me it was also always the burglar and so it like, was a it was a shake it was a handoff it was like uh yeah you know they're oh we're gonna hand over the Indiana Jones franchise to Mutt Williams we're gonna we're yeah. we're gonna bring in Jeremy Renner in Mission Impossible Four and we're gonna pretend like we're gonna give the franchise to him but then Tom's just gonna keep it it I remember I and maybe I don't remember it maybe I'm completely crazy but like a part of me remembers that so when, I never uh, knew when, the wizard. So I spend this whole episode going, what is this cookie crisp wizard bit? 
And then at the end, Troy says that it was a burglar when he was a kid, but it wasn't even a burglar when I was a kid. It was a dog. It was a, it was yeah. like a, a, a nefarious dog who became a nefarious wolf. Cookie Crisp could not pin that shit down. You know, Trick's yeah, rabbit. And they sh- classic. They should have just, just done a cuckoo bird. Cause yeah. their, their phrase was I'm cuckoo for cookie crisp. Cookie crisp. Um, but it did not, it, yeah, right. A wolf would say it. I'm cookie crisp. Uh, but whatever, it's fine. Uh, it's 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 okay for this bit written by forty year olds when I was a teenager. Doesn't quite land with me. It's okay. Um, Are you sure? You do seem broken up about it, friend. I'm just I'm really distraught. Everything should be written for me, and anything <laughs> that isn't specifically for me is bad and wrong, and they should put it back. Star Wars, a franchise about wizards in space, should always be for me a constantly aging man. Everything should be for me. Sorry, dude. Uh, no, it's perfect. Just that 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 sadness went so many places that I I've somehow discussed this week with people. <laughs> that it's like I get, I, it. I get it. Listen. I'm not saying that we all have to start being boring and watching shows about cars and this old house, but I am saying there used to be this thing where as you naturally progressed in life, you know, you stopped liking the things you liked as a kid and you didn't expect the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles to advance as you did. (laughs) You, an adult, would leave the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in the past. As soon as they no longer appealed to you, you would put them down. But too many people now expect pop culture to keep up with them. Maybe the Star Wars movies aren't for you anymore. You're 40. It's okay. <laughs> maybe. It's okay for it to not be for you anymore. Yeah, maybe. Move on you with your fucking, life. You can fucking chill and uh, be fine. You maybe can just you can go chill. It's a, it's a natural part of getting older and relating to pop culture. You, yeah. The stuff you liked as a kid might just stay it's okay if you don't like rugrats they don't need to make a mature rugrats for you now where the rugrats are are horny adults it's okay you can just leave <laughs> the rugrats as they were a dumb little show for babies yeah uh, you know what's crazy is like i think in a lot of ways the people that get the most upset about stuff are people that have that have a love for a thing that doesn't have much content Right? Like, Star mm. Trek fans, when Star Trek got rebooted by J.J. Abrams, they were like, oh, boy, we'll see how it goes. But, but they have the outrage. They've got 50 fucking years of Star Trek. Exactly. They there go, are these multiple seasons me, of Nemesis all these shows. and Deep Space Nine are my shit, so exactly. it's fine. Doctor Who, same thing. And I think that the, the fact that Star Wars, while being 40 years old, only has nine core films, which, like, People try to argue that's a lot of movies. Not when you have 50 years of television. Uh, sure, because there are more Star Trek movies than that, in addition to Star Trek also like having... 20 to 30 seasons of television. Of television, right. Yeah. And and there are, you know, there were always, like, books, and there were always, you know, whatever. But uh, it's it's not quite the same as having more of the film that you like. Um, right. But it's also okay for you to not like the space movie anymore. That's okay. Yeah. You're you a can go back You're and watch the ones now. that already exist. They don't have to keep making perfect movies for you. Right. And I'm not I'm not telling you to suddenly like uh, put away childish things and only watch like <laughs> cold British dramas about 
about rich people in manners. I'm not asking you to do that. Downton Abbey for you, and that's all. That's all you get. No, less fun than Downton Abbey. I'm talking about, like, we turn that down, like, real old people shit. Like, masterpiece oh, theater. yeah. Just dial the fun all the way down. I'm not asking you. I fucking loved masterpiece theater. I'm not asking, you know, Star Wars fans to suddenly enjoy live readings of poetry i'm not asking you to make that kind of jump but sometimes it's okay for the pop culture you liked as a kid and that count you know superheroes are in that as well i like reading my superhero comics but they're starting to get less fun for me and i'm really just getting down to like a core group that i'm keeping up with and if at some point they stop being for me that's okay i had a good i'm I'm almost 30 i had a good run yeah we're not telling you you have to like the British theater company's on-screen interpretation of Poirot. You just have to exactly. get over the fact that not everything from your childhood is going to stay as fond a memory. Right. Transformers was never good. You were just a kid. And you're you're, <laughs> you're lying to yourself. Uh, and, and if you like it, that's great. But just like, they're not ruining Citizen fucking Kane. by making some of the transformers gay now it's okay (laughs) Uh, orson welles would never have stood for this uh orson welles who was in the transformers movie uh in his in his final role as uh something i don't know enough about transformers he's in it though i think he was unicron i think he was the like planet-sized transformer Uh, which is just unicorn rearranged yeah transformers great show Right. Oh, just scintillating real oh, stories. It's um, really. Yeah, it's a. Uh, I think uh, we'll talk about this episode a hundred years from now. But I think the community episode GI Jeff gets at this idea pretty well. Yeah, one hundred percent. I forgot but about GI Jeff. I just rewatched a, it for the thing. first time since it aired. I I liked it a lot more this time than I did the first time, and maybe it's because I've had six years of. Star Wars and comic book fans yelling in my face, people telling me that the Ninja Turtles aren't what they used to be, uh, that uh, (laughs) He-Man used to mean something, uh, and they've ruined it. Uh, You know, now that I've had all that, I appreciate G.I. Jeff (laughs) a little bit more now. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to quantify the statement, He-Man used to mean something. (laughs) He-Man, this thing that only existed to sell me toys, used to be about something. It used to have real stories about a man and a big lion. (laughs) And he fought a skeleton. These were deep stories for men. Grown men. Grown boys. Grown boys. Uh, absolutely. They're, so, they're um, doing this... He-Man, I think, too, by the way. I think so. Uh, that's fine. They can do whatever they want. Gonna, I don't it's care. Gonna have, it's going to have Mark Hamill in it, so it'll be dope. Mark Hamill's going to be in it. Griffin Newman, my my friend, is going to be in it. And um, good for Kevin them. Kevin Conroy. I'm, yeah, I'm probably not going to watch it. I, I'm almost 30, but I hope people enjoy it. I hope it is the show <laughs> that people that watch it want it to be. Uh, anyway, this is a good episode for Britta. This is, I think... <laughs> Oh, yeah. (laughs) Community. This is the episode, I think, where we've maybe finally figured out Britta. Uh, Because Gillian has been good in the 19 preceding episodes to this. But this is maybe where we take 
the righteous protester of the first few episodes of Britta and mix it with our sort of natural slide into Gilly just being silly and funny. And we, we've silly reached this... Gilly, I like silly it. Gilly, Gilly. Uh, we've reached <laughs> this nice point where we can combine these two ideas as we sure. slowly unwrap this incredible onion that is Britta Perry and all of these like strange lovable layers that lie underneath. Yeah. Um we we've reached this point where she is she still has all of her passions, she still has her convictions, but she doesn't want to be a fucking bummer all the time. <laughs> she doesn't <laughs> she doesn't want to be like preachy. She wants to have friends. She likes being liked by other people. Uh, and I, I really like this plot line for her. Yeah, I think it's the realization that she's the that she's the friend that's trying too hard to be woke. We talked about this, I think, last episode, where yes. we may have even been describing this episode. But she's that she's that person that like <laughs> when you're trying to figure out who stole your fucking ballpoint pen goes into <laughs> fucking 1984, and this is this is the brave new world, and like just just like dude. Not everything is the end of the world. And not everything it is infringement <laughs> on your human rights. Like not ev- it's the difference between actually being woke and respectful and and courteous of uh, uh, women or people that are different than you have different faiths, have different skin tones. It's the difference between that and the people that walk around with a big flag that says I'm tolerant and they wave it around walking yeah. up and down the street. You must yeah. know at all times that I'm one of the guys that respects women instead of just those guys respecting women. <laughs> Yeah, Britta used to be the person who would walk up to somebody at a county market and scold them for picking up red meat from the shelf. She still thinks that way, but she doesn't want to be as aggressive or as confrontational. So she's trying to save face with her friends and say, I'm not a buzzkill, but and she's not good at proving she's not a buzzkill yet. <laughs> yes, in, because instead she just kills the whole school's buzz yes i've killed an entire school's buzz um she she's <laughs> making the transition from and and this might be too visual a metaphor for a podcast but follow me here it's the difference between how many vegans i've actually heard criticize people's diets and talk about being vegan which is a very small number versus the number of people I've heard complain about how vegans are always complaining, which is a giant number, a huge number. The number of actual vegans that I've talked to that judge me or um, complain about being vegan is a microscopic, tiny number compared to the number of people who (laughs) complain about people complain this fictional vegan they've made up that is constantly complaining about being vegan yes it's it's true it's true it's true it's almost as if they're making it up just because they don't like their lifestyle what's what's all this straw inside of this man what is what is this (laughs) there's i'm opening up this man they've created and there's a bunch of straw in here dude it's it's, it's a shame we don't have any other real-world situations where we could draw similar comparisons to people fabricating a belief, a whole belief system based on a series of people they don't quite understand. It's a shame. 
True. It's a damn shame if only there were real world parallels that we could draw, but say la vie. Say we must la move vie. On. What are you gonna do? Say la viz. Uh I I also uh again trying to again segue back to the episode. Uh sure, I yes, think it's yes. my fault that we've left it two times. Uh but I <laughs> love the uh Annie and Shirley plotline in this episode. It's very funny. You get Annie spraying herself in the face with pepper spray and calling it self-inflicted friendly fire. Excellent joke. <laughs> you get Abed as the constant voyeur who's watching this like a buddy cop movie. And then he takes over and becomes the uh, the African-American police commissioner character that Abed was playing. <laughs> Aggravating my sciatica. <laughs> I love it I'm so sick much. and tired. Yeah, uh, it's what they needed. Yeah. Uh, Tell them they have 24 hours to solve the case. They do. You have 24 hours to solve it. Oh, uh, uh, so you just got off the phone with the mayor. Episode. I just got off the phone with the mayor. Stop the doing b- that. <laughs> <laughs> the mayor. Uh, yeah, it is not the most like incredible, impactful community episode you've ever seen, but a uh, lot of funny shit in here. Uh, you Pierce, Pierce reading Jeff's mind. <laughs> It's one of my favorite Pierce moments of the entire season. <laughs> men, men, men's room men, stall. Men's room stall. Nightclub. Two penises. Two penises. That's oh, gay. Gay. Ah, so gay. Uh, <laughs> that is incredibly funny. The episode, one of and many times, like, community end. <laughs> He's like the bar. Pierce is like, see. See, one of many times a community episode ends with everyone like embracing in a group hug and this time everyone is crying um i i i really like it it's it's a it's a thread we'll go back to a lot but it's it's a really strong it's not a media it's a cookie one it's a cookie one (laughs) oh donald you're uh I don't even understand funny it guy. because the cookie, <laughs> cookie wasn't a wizard when I was a kid. It was a burglar. <laughs> it's so I know, good. I know we'll start doing it basically every episode, but Donald Glover crying is never not funny to me. It's, it's always funny. It's, funny. it's like it's never not funny. It's like how when John DiMaggio plays Bender on Futurama, you're like, fucking everything this dude says is funny. It's the voice and the character and the lines that they give him. And you're like, this guy's always funny. He's just, he's cracked something here. It's synergy. Yeah. It's when you find the perfectly synergistic role for your actor who is just so comfortable that everything they do is funny. It's perfect. Yeah. It's, uh, it's fantastic. So I have now opened up the word doc for the great community rankings sheet. And there are some big ones on this one. This, this, uh, this might get tumultuous. Um, but let's start with the end tags. Right now, Spanish rap number one at the bottom, uh, the traitor audition from the Jack Black episode. Uh, so first, we have <laughs> Senor Chang getting robbed at the Y. It is it is literally Ken Jong walking out of a shower and then walking back to collect his keys. Yes. Uh, very good. Which is funny because earlier in that episode, he walks into the, anthrop- or the Spanish class with just sweatpants on. And he's yeah, like, yes, I was robbed at the AYMCA again. Okay. Yes. Uh, how do we feel about this tag vis-a-vis our other tags? What's the what's the middle point that we're using for our ranking on this? Is it funnier than Troy screaming slut? Is that what it is? Slut is a good one. And I would say, it's, no, this is not funnier not than Troy than screaming that. slut. No, it's uh, not Because that, that tag is also pretty lax, but 
it does have a moment where Donald Glover sweeps the word slut. Um, <laughs> so is it funnier than that? No. No, no. It's below Coppelgangers for me. Pencil mouth is where we can start having a conversation. Sure. Pencil, See, pencil mouth with... has a little more like, it's got a little more complexity to it, right? It's got a little more body. It's, it's got flavor. some physicality to it that this tag is lacking. Yeah. Um, it's got a big old drool spot. Yeah, which is nice. So it's not, it's not up there. Um, all right. Crumping. I like this one more than crumping. Yes, but I don't like it more than Sleepy Troy. All right. So I, then think, I think it goes in 15. Our new number 15, Naked Chang. <laughs> Chang. Chang MCA. There we go. <laughs> Chang. Oof. Changing room. Changing. Sure. No, Chang. Doesn't work. Chang. Doesn't work. Don't, it's going to look like Changing room. <laughs> yeah, it just looks like Changing room. It doesn't. The pun is not visual. It would be YMC Chang, though, right? <laughs> Backspace, backspace. Chang. <laughs> I'm just YM doing it. Chang A, because y it's the C. M C Chang. Okay, it's fine. we're we're on this for so long. Yes. Um. All right. Now between C's. Here's the big one. The first <laughs> yes. occurrence Troy and uh. in the morning. The there is not a reference that this show will call back to more. In its end tags, in their, they figured out something beautiful with the lyricism of Troy and Abed in the morning. They crack something here, Caleb. They crack something I, here. I want, I desperately want a Troy and Abed in the morning mug. I want a Troy and Abed in the morning t-shirt. I don't have one yet. I have a Troy and Abed in the morning mug. It was a Christmas gift freshman year of college when I was showing everyone community. My friend and I mutually and without knowing it got each other... Oh, shit. For Christmas, Troy and Abed in the morning mugs, and it was a beautiful exchange. I'll never forget yeah. it. You were? Did you open them at the same time? Yeah, we basically like exchanged them right before we left for break, and we both opened it up. It's like, oh, what the fuck? Oh my god! Wait, I meant to give this to you. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, it was pretty, pretty sweet. That's incredible. Pretty sweet. Okay, so I gotta ask you. Yeah, is Troy and Abed in the morning our new? Number one, is it better than the Spanish rap? This is harder than any episode ranking we will do today. It is. Because right now, in this season one watch, I am almost kind of tired of the Spanish rap because we've referenced it like three or four times in a dozen <laughs> episodes, right? Sure, So yeah. at this point in the show, Troy and Abed in the Morning is much fresher. It is it a is. completely new, great idea. It's the first great end tag we've had in a little while. Hmm. Yeah, see, it's so iconic, the Spanish rap. But Troy and Abed in the morning is what they're going to go back to more. Again and, so and, like again, when you, and again. When you, th when you think in terms of season one, I think the Spanish rap stays at the top. But when you think of end okay. tags for the entire show i think that troy and Abin in the morning ends up at the near the top so how would let's you rank it that? where we are at now this is a ranking sheet of what we have viewed so far and i think it must be evaluated as such 
Well, I mean, you can feel free to push back, but like we don't realize how good Troy and Abin in the morning is until we see it a couple more times, in my opinion. Yeah. You see this and you're like, what is this magic? And then it just what keeps getting better. Um, so a while I think this is a huge moment, I don't... It's not my... as good as the Spanish rap? That's my thought. I mean, I'm not so, always right. This This tag will also have multiple chances at redemption because we sure. will come back to this note several times yes this is true that's okay. true okay i think yep. it can't it can't dethrone the spanish rap and earnestly what can uh but troy <laughs> and abed in the morning number one is our new number two if that uh checks out with anybody yeah so we move up to the great community episode rankings currently number one through a tough fight, physical education. Currently number 18, basic genealogy. Last week, we got a new number one and a new bottom. <laughs> we did. We did. What a week. So, How the hell? Beginner pottery. We're definitely looking at the top 10 for me on beginner pottery. Pretty easily. Yes. yes. We're up above pilot for me. Is it? Oh, we're above pilot. Is it better I, than? Is it better than Vaughn Song's? It is. Because okay. Vaughn's two songs are great, but Beginner is Pottery is a much more studies? consistent episode. Vaughn's songs is Home Economics down here at home number ec. 12. I've I've put it in parentheses for yes. you. I don't know if you can see those. Oh, yeah, then, no, I can. I just, I was looking at the episode titles. Not I understand. The but Vaughn's two songs we come back to so frequently that I just gave it its yeah. own space yeah. on the sheet. Yes. Um, so... Uh, yes, I do believe this is higher than that, and I believe it's better than the pilot. Now, I we've believe got a, so. We've got a fight with physical education, which it does not. No, so it's somewhere in the middle there. I <laughs> like this more as a full episode than Introduction to Statistics, the first Halloween episode. I think that episode has some real highs. I probably like this one overall. It's funnier. It's, it's more in the community vein. Yeah, I would agree with that because it also doesn't hit the emotional peak that intro to film does. That's right. In, in, intro to film manipulates your body the whole you episode. You have that great dovetail with the Abed storyline. Of course, you have Professor Whitman at the height of his powers. Yeah, so are we great. maybe, is beginner pottery maybe falling to intro to film? Yeah, new I would put it six, at the new beginner six. pottery? Yeah. This one, E19 beginner pottery uh whoops and now we we uh <laughs> the science of illusions Let's it's pretty put, formative for britta it's pretty formative for britta we put we we weighted that episode pretty highly because of its depth for character development especially for shirley yes. uh and also that episode fucking rocks yeah that episode's uh, just fucking stellar science um, of illusion isn't that good no. Um, I don't think it's beginner pottery good. I I agree with that. Um, we okay. Let's let's talk about the top ten. Is it better or worse than the STD fair? It's better than the STD fair. I think overall. I think the yeah, I think Annie it holds Shirley together, together as an episode. The, yeah, Annie and Shirley is the good cop, bad cop. That's well, classic. Well, That's Britta's classic. framing people. Yeah, it's very good. It's very we love good. That. Yeah. Okay. Uh, then let's talk about it. Another big Brita episode, Romantic Expressionism. 
that's the kick puncher episode. That's her and Jeff manipulating Troy and Annie. I maybe don't like this one as much as that one. Which which one's this and which one's that? <laughs> I'm sorry. I maybe don't like Science of Illusion as much as, much as, as I romantic? like Romantic mm. Expressionism. But maybe more than the pilot. No, I think you're right. Because Romantic Expressionism also has... <laughs> no, it... you're right. That that works. That works. That works. All right. Uh, our yeah. new number nine. S1E20. <laughs> the Science of Illusion. Excellent. Okay. And that uh, concludes our rankings for this week. Uh, so, Caleb, what have you been up to? Where can the people find you if they watch oh, you? Oh, my goodness, man. So I nailed down a stream schedule. So I stream. If you want to watch me play video games, that's the biggest thing that I've done this week. So I'm going to talk about it. Uh, <laughs> that counts. I, uh, I'm streaming on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays from 11 to 5, and Thursdays from 7 to 2 a.m., the 11 to 5 is 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. I'm not that crazy. Um, so, yeah, you can go to twitch.tv slash nerdybitstv, and we'll be playing games. It's going to be fun. I played Hitman yesterday. I'm going to play some probably Minecraft Dungeons tomorrow because that game's dope. Um, Hell yeah. Probably some Red Dead in the future with my mom and grandma because my family fucking slaps. Yeah, I'm the video game one. So uh, nerdybits.com to read, watch, listen to the stuff that we do there. I'm uh, the video that, game I'm boy. Pretty- from the video boy game. Wait. Hold on just a second. I've made a mistake. Surely it's just a clerical error. <laughs> uh, you make me very angry. <laughs> oh, no joke, boy. dude. They're announcing new Looney Tunes shorts for HBO Max, and I think that's what's finally going to tip me over into paying for HBO Max. I think new Looney Tunes mm. shorts is the, all right, I'll pay HBO. All right. Okay, you got it. How much more is it than HBO now? Well, I don't have HBO now, so I couldn't tell you. So, when will HBO now be HBO then? Will HBO now ever be HBO then? <laughs> when HBO Max is HBO now, then HBO now will be HBO then because HBO next. Oops, next. That's the HBO yeah. Max well, HBO, is HBO next. HBO Max is HBO next. When will uh, HBO soon, I think, is when we're getting... <laughs> All right, I I quit. I bail. (laughs) The bit became too complicated. I can't. I'm sweating. It's hot in this fucking room. I can't fucking deal with these kinds of jokes. If HBO Max is HBO Next, then HBO Now will be HBO Then. Whoa. You just wrinkled my brain. Excellent. Feast your so, ear holes on these tongue popsicles or whatever the fuck it is. Feast your ear holes on these memory pops. You these memory pops. disappoint me. Um, I'm sorry. It's okay. Oh, <laughs> you're the worst. Also, one forgotten bit from uh, physical education that makes me laugh a lot is when they drop the bag of bagels and Abed just says, 13! Uh, excellent joke. <laughs> Great job, uh, writers of community. So, uh, if you want to follow the show, that's at Greendale3. Uh, And if you want to support us, you want people to get out there and find us, an excellent way to do that is those old ratings, those old reviews that every show tells you to do, but they really do mean a lot. If you're listening to this in Apple Podcasts, just hit that five star right now and you won't have to do another thing. I won't ask you to do anything for the rest of your life. (laughs) I was just on a video uh, call interview with community writer Megan Gans and a bunch of the other community podcasters, and that was lovely. 
Uh, you can find that on YouTube, on the Communities on YouTube page. Just type in Megan and the Podcasters. That's what the video is called. I didn't name it. Uh, and you will find uh, some excellent stuff there. And I was I was thrilled because uh, obviously Megan Gans is a personal hero of mine. So it was lovely yeah. to get to talk to her. She was nothing but kind and warm. We love her. Uh, yeah, awesome. Yeah. Uh, personal stuff. TV's Kevin Lanigan on all the stuff. Uh, my week daily comic, Patty Plague Doc, is uh, still coming out week daily on Instagram, Patty Plague Doc, and up on my Twitter. Uh, and also, by the time you're hearing this, there is a new episode of the Puffin Publishing Podcast, the Improv and Sketch Comedy Pod that I put out all the time, and you can listen to that wherever you're listening to this. Uh, and until <laughs> next week, where we are talking... We're talking about a big one. One of the oh, yeah, early dude. big ones for community. We are talking chicken fingers, and we are also talking one of the worst episodes of season one, but mostly chicken fingers. <laughs> uh, and mostly stay tuned for uh, our interview with Aaron Harland. This is a uh, this is a fun interview that I recorded just before I recorded this, uh, which might explain why I'm delirious. Uh, but she is going through community for the first time, and it's really nice to get some fresh eyeballs on the show and hear a beginner's perspective uh yeah. so stay tuned for that after the music and uh we will be back next week with those tasty tasty chicken fingies but until mm -hmm. then pop 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 give me some more time and heard the word zoom until quarantine and then it fucking comes out of nowhere and starts beating skype up in the middle of the street just like pulled its <laughs> pants down in Brutally. front of the whole school unbelievable yeah i think i hadn't heard of zoom too i kept people i kept seeing people say we could do a zoom thing and i think what it was was something that like big companies used for meetings and things. And then mm -hmm. I'm sure somebody once went when this was all happening, like, hey, the office I work at uses this thing called Zoom. We should use that. And now it's just for everybody. I am definitely uh, Friday. Uh, a, t a friend was giving me a tarot reading at 530. Then at six, I had to do a, a <sighs> pilot reading. Then at seven, I was doing a virtual um, album listening party, which I set up. So that was me. But then afterwards, I had to then finish the tarot reading because we didn't get to finish before. So then my friend texted me asking me about the thoughts on the album because she listened to. And I was like, I got to get back to you because I've been on a screen for like five hours now. And I really I just I can. <laughs> I need. To I want to do anything else, anything, anything that doesn't involve sitting in front of my computer staring yeah, at a screen. Which anything. And, and we're very fortunate because as we were just talking about that, you know, we're lucky that we get to work from home, but we're on computers all oh, day. Oh, absolutely. Definitely. I'm on my computer all day for work. Then I have generally at least three podcast recordings a week, Man. minimum. And Ooh. then I also edit my shows. Ugh. So I have to sit in front of the computer for longer doing that. Um, so I don't do like anything on my computer 
outside of those things. Like yeah. when those, when I'm not doing those, the laptop is closed and like maybe the TV is on. Uh, I love books. Books are cool. Books no are screen. Cool. No, screen no screen on that book. No screen on that book. Unless it's a Kindle. Unless, but I ain't got that. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, so we, uh, we, we dodged that bullet very narrowly. Yes. And even TV, I think I don't have a TV, but I feel like that would feel a little bit different. But, uh, luckily, but, but cause it's, it's much just further nice away separation. Yeah. And Absolutely. Like, it, like laptop closed, just, I don't know, str- strange things that give you that little separation you need. Yeah, that's something I miss about phones. I miss the finality of taking your Motorola Razor and you shut it. And then that, the phone is done. Yeah. It's too easy, and maybe that's part of the design, but it's too easy to pick up my iPhone and just start fucking around. Just start fooling away on an iPhone. Sometimes I go on my phone to be like, what's the weather look like today? And immediately as that, like, face ID registers, I am on Instagram doing stuff, doing stuff. 10 minutes goes by. I like get out of Instagram. And then I'm like, wait a second. What? (sighs) I was supposed to check the weather. And then like, I went, I go back on my phone and I might even get distracted again. It's just really weird. It's yeah. I miss, Oh, if I could have a flip phone for phone purposes and then the, like my iPhone or my smartphone is just like for business. I would, I would love that. And it feels really good to, uh, close your phone like a it's so satisfying satisfying. you go back and you watch a show or a movie set in the mid to early 2000s when those flip phones were all the rage oh yeah and there's just there's something so sad so gratifying i know about slapping that screen down oh yeah it's good just great way to end a conversation in general it could be gingerly or it could be like uh you get those numbers to me by today slam and then exactly (laughs) and there was nothing you know iphones are cool in their own way or you know android whatever but there is they they don't read on film as well as i mean even like an old school tell with a receiver and a separate dial slam that just looks like it's so much more dynamic to hold that. The the action of hanging it up is so much more gratifying. You're right. iPhones just look so bad on on screen. We really don't have that of like um we just press a button and it's very quiet, which is a, a an amazing design on their part, but like Obviously. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, but you don't have I know I don't why didn't they consider movies when they were making phones? But why? like the the beep boop 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 is so gratifying. Or boy, if you go back to a rotary phone and you get that spinning dial. Yeah. Oh, it just it's so good and it yeah. reads so well. And smartphones just suck as like a as a filmic device. And like you know, we're slowly figuring out how to make texting interesting in media, but it's never going to be as good as a a real phone call where the actors are twirling the cord between the handset and the main phone set. Now they always have the bubbles pop up, like as if it's like in real time, these bubbles just exist next to us, which can look kind of cool. I think the first time I saw it done was like, on the Mindy project. And I was like, that's cool. And now everybody does that pretty much. Now everyone does it. And that just like adds to your visual effects budget. Like you need to allocate extra money every time you want to have a character text. Whereas, 
if you just get a dummy rotary phone, like, that's $25 as opposed to $250. Yeah. That's why I, I really appreciate movies nowadays where it feels timeless, where, like, they are in current times where smartphones do exist, but the storyline itself doesn't involve them, so you get to, like, kind of forget about that existence for a while. And if and I think if a movie does that or a show can do that, then it's really well-written and smart. Absolutely. Yeah, I know that I know that texting is such an important part of all of our lives now. It's just a part of us, unfortunately. Unfortunately, and I don't mind texting. I, I uh, you know, uh, being able to, like, just shoot quips at your friends from across the country at a, yeah. at a drop of the hat feels good. But I think media is better served if we just kind <laughs> of ignore it. If we just, like, have all these conversations that would take place over text just happen in person yeah. i think we would i it's just so much more dynamic it's also really weird i was saying this to someone once about like how even 20 years ago i guess this wouldn't have been an issue but now when it comes to like dating and stuff and and um i don't know figuring out a person and your chemistry it's weird that sometimes like someone's like how's it going with that guy and i'm like i don't know our our texting is really boring there's no <laughs> banter uh so i try i try not to let that be a, a, a big thing because i'm like this shouldn't be what's important but it's really fun but with, it with the text conversation yeah it can be really fun right it's now now it's part of courting uh, to use an old fashioned phrase, <laughs> yes, but it, it's, it's a part of it now. And if you're a lame texter, you better be really hot and around a lot. You know what I mean? That's like true, you, yeah. if you're a lame texter, you better have something else really working for you totally. or, or dating's going to be tough. And I know that, you know, not for everyone, the end game of dating is not marriage and cohabitation and children but what? if we cite that as the end game texting becomes increasingly less important as a relationship goes on yeah because you're going to cohabitate with the person but in these early stages oh yeah it's crucial it's crucial especially now because it's kind of the only way i can uh <laughs> to kind of um <laughs> like test the waters with anyone so that's cool that's a positive we got there. Yeah. We got there. <laughs> We're loving it. I'm not I'm not trying to be negative. No, Merely having a conversation. No, no. Uh, and, and as a filmmaker, this is something that I think about a lot. Yes, totally. I think that's important. Absolutely. And this is, of course, the interview portion of Advanced Community Studies. <laughs> uh, and uh, with me today is a, a comedian and an actor. Uh, and podcasts fans might remember her. This is Erin Harlan. Hi! Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me once again. I'm very excited. It's always nice to talk to you. Uh, and you. we have not seen each other for some time for various reasons. Not since <laughs> I want to say the cat's premiere. Is that sure true? I know. If it's true, it's sad. That uh, is sad. I, I think it is true. Wow. But I would only... Still- Maybe a Matt Rain live is like the only other thing I can think of that might have happened. Oh. But I don't remember where that fell in the timeline. 
Oh, that's possible. Wait, the Cats premiere was... We saw... That was, of course, Cats in Theaters December 20th. It was December, right? Because that was the day my sister's baby was born. That's right. You had a... Your sister had a cat's <laughs> my, baby. My niece is a cat's baby. She's the angelic... The, um, the jellical the cat. The cat, that's yeah. That's right. Um, <laughs> the wow. baby. Yeah, congratulations yeah. Uh, to your you. sister on having a, a real cat's baby. What, uh, a, what a night. That night was just all around wonderful. Yeah, I will uh, uh, never forget. The greatest theatrical going experience uh, of Truly. my entire life. What a wonderful time that was. Which is why if it was the last time I saw you, that was a hell of a last time. So Never you see know. you again. Peace. We got to go out yeah, on a good I like out with a bang. I like ending it on a good note. I like, I, I I prefer it not to slowly fizzle out. I really like to go out with like a nice moment. So if I never see you again, yeah. that's not bad. That's pretty good, actually. We could do a lot worse. Uh, but anyway, I, let me let me give you the introductory question I give to all of the guests on the show. And I actually kind of know the answer to this, but I want to hear you tell it. Can you tell okay. me a little bit about your community journey, when and how you came to the show? I'm excited to hear why, yes, I can. Um, so up until about whenever Community was added to Netflix. April uh, 1st. I, and that's no fooling. Thank you so much. That, thank you so much because uh, time right now is just all blurring together. Um, so, yeah, I guess almost two months ago, um, I watched, I started watching Community for the very, very first time in my life, um, which is amazing. And so basically I remember – even when I was in college and stuff, a lot of my friends said it was like their favorite show. I said, I'd never seen it. They were like, what? And I said, yeah, I just, you know, then after it was finished, I, if you can believe it, about five years ago, there was a time where it was hard to access certain shows. Absolutely. Which I, which I know seems weird now that we have like Hulu and Netflix and all these things, but that show, for some reason, I feel like it, it you couldn't really watch it unless you had a very specific account or the season DVDs. Right. Which, <laughs> I, I had yeah. the DVDs for a long time because that was pretty, it wasn't on Netflix and Hulu for a long time was not Hulu as we know it now where it just has right. like, here's all of the current episodes of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Hulu yeah. used to be like, oh, we have the five most recent episodes of everything. That's right. That's right. And I mean, uh, so uh, like another thing is I I've never I've never ever seen an episode of Broad City. And for the for the same reason, which is that I've always wanted to watch it. But um, of all my almost nine years of living in New York City, I haven't had cable. Um, yeah. So I had no way I had no way of watching it unless you had like a Comedy Central login and a tv cable provider and i and i didn't have that yeah. so um so bless netflix for adding community and i am on season four episode one currently wow very cool so yeah in a couple months you've burned through i mean three seasons and they're three full length you know 20 some odd episode seasons that's not bad that's not bad yeah i've been burning through i mean i would do it i would be much more along in season four, much further along in season four, but I took a little break, which I can talk about later. But yeah, got through the first three seasons. 
which was a wild ride. And, and yeah, that's, I, my, that's my journey so far. <laughs> I love it. I Because we've had so many, so many moldy oldies, these old fogies that have been watching the show for years. I like having yeah. a new perspective, someone that hasn't been like immersed in the community Twitter fandom for years. I, yeah. I like having these fresh eyes and ears uh, being aimed at the show. So, um, and we can talk about your gap in a little bit. I'm curious what... You, you said some of your friends uh, had mentioned the show or talked about liking the show. I'm curious totally. what you knew about Community before you started watching it. That's a great question. Um, so, well, I will say when it first came out, I remember it was on TV. Uh, one time I was I did have the TV on and I saw, oh, it's that show Community. But a lot of the times the, the shows that were more geared towards like adults, I I would only watch if my parents watched it. Mm-hmm. It was like one of those things where like we all sit down to watch TV together because they're home now. Um, so whatever shows they were watching, I was watching and community was not one of them. So, uh, parents I don't one- like community. I find par- that I, I could totally understand that. Like I'm thinking about it and I don't think my parents would really get into it i i wish i could say they would but it took my mom a lot of time to even warm up to the office she just didn't really yeah so and And the office only has one timeline it never (laughs) does crazy genre episodes so i i get it i understand yeah like the office is zany but it's not quite as like otherworldly as as community um there are no episodes of the office that take place entirely in two characters (laughs) imagination as they explore a dreamatorium so i understand why why people might be resistant community is very like referential which is i like that like i like when um shows make references to pop culture and things like that uh but yeah so i one time had the tv on and i saw a scene of of troy and um and Jeff walking through a football field. And that's all I remembered. That was it. And for wow. some reason, I don't know if I watched the rest of the episode, but that was all I could remember. So then it was really fun when I was watching season one and I got to that episode um, <laughs> where where Jeff is trying to get Troy to be on the football team again and mm-hmm. Annie's trying to stop him. And I was like, that's the the one thing I knew about community. That's the one like piece of imagery I have. Another thing is also, you know, I... I knew Gillian Jacobs was on Community, and I watched Love before I watched Community, which is funny because most people know her from Community. And I, I remember knowing she was blonde, and <laughs> um, yeah, and then and then uh, uh, Brie, not Brie, Allison Brie, I almost said Brie Larson. Allison Brie, Brie Larson brunette. also on Community, so you have that to look forward to. Oh my gosh, I'm not there yet. I, I haven't no. gotten to that yet. No, oh my, there's wow. more Brie. Well, there's some Brie coming. Allison Brie Larson. Yeah, the, cool. the greatest actor of our time, Alison Brie Larson. <laughs> um, yeah, so I don't know. I knew Gillian Jacobs was blonde. And for some reason, I guess I thought like Love was like a totally different character. I thought Gillian, I thought um, Britta was for some reason going to be sort of like a dumb blonde character, which is sad that that's what I thought. And I thought Annie was going to be like the smart brunette. And so it was a really cool surprise to see not they're both very intelligent and smart and beautiful. But yeah, like Britta is very like Lisa Simpson in terms of uh, politics and morals and stuff. For sure. And then 
and Annie is, as you said, uh, has big backpack energy of like she's she's just. <laughs> <laughs> that's what Kevin. That's what Kevin Lanigan said. I have. I have like Annie, big backpack energy. Big backpack energy. <laughs> Just that's amazing. Uh, but... You're welcome. It's. Uh, I had forgotten that, that those words <laughs> came just, out of my head one day. I never heard that before, and I was like, that that. I get it. I understand exactly what he means. <laughs> it's a very specific kind of energy, and it is in no way a derision. It is merely descriptive, and I think you should be proud of your big backpack energy. I think it's like, like you know what is funny because anybody could wear a backpack, but there are certain people who I know people can't see me right now, but like they hold their backpack like this. They're always ready to go. That like, like, uh, so I'm doing sort of like a hold on to your jetpack. Yeah, hand um, on each strap, like you're on, on a on a happy little roller coaster, and yeah. you are off, and you're gonna you have a spring in your step. Yeah, like you're holding your suspenders up, and it's just a zippity doo da day. Uh, so that is what I see as big backpack energy, and I do think that was kind of me, <laughs> but mainly because that was comfortable. But also, that's pr- see, that's probably cool. People don't cool people aren't comfortable. <laughs> cool people are never comfortable because they're wearing they're tight com- pants or whatever. Right, but they don't care. They don't. They're like care. they act like they're comfortable, which is what makes them cool. Yeah, well, so, that's why I'll that's, never that's be enough. cool. I'm wearing yeah, a, a slightly overlarge Little Prince t-shirt and some basketball shorts, which is essentially what I've been wearing for the last three months. Oh, totally. Absolutely. Um, I actually put on, like, real clothes today just because I went on a walk with, with a friend distantly. But um, most of the time I wear an oversized shirt and, like, bike shorts. And that's yep. it. <laughs> It's, you know, so, a, a cozy quarantine, I think, is a quarantine done right. You, who are you trying to impress? Nobody. I haven't worn makeup in forever. And sometimes I'm like, wow, my face looks real crusty, but who cares? Nobody's seeing it. Just you. <laughs> just, you just have to have to do it for yourself. Uh, so yeah. let's uh, circle back around. You mentioned yeah. taking a break and the way you couched it sounded like there was a mystery here or there was something to be unpacked and i'm just i'm just curious absolutely well i'm sure you've either talked about this before and or will talk about this a lot in the future but when i found out community was on netflix i tweeted an announcement to my very mediocre amount of followers the legions (laughs) of harlan fans <laughs> um, not very many, but uh, I tweeted that um, uh, for that I've never seen Community before, and I'm gonna watch it. And a lot of that got a lot of responses. I spent um, a lot. I I resisted very strongly. Like you responded, coming I at you. I, I think it did that, but it was very restrained. It could have been much worse oh, yeah. than it no, was. You were you you were supportive. You were very supportive. Yes, but there were some people who are like. Uh, oh my god, you're gonna love it. Um, some people to say to skip the fourth season entirely, but just and I was like, whoa, what? So that that is exactly of- what I didn't want to do to you, which was start throwing because I have I have so many lovely friends who are always trying to get me to watch like their favorite anime, and they always throw too much information at me mm. before I've even yeah. seen the show. And it just overwhelms me, and then I don't watch One Piece or whatever. And I didn't, I didn't want to do that to you. Ah, uh, well, thank you very much. Um, yeah. uh, you are, you are a pure community 
appreciator. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I could have said that better, but um, guys have been staring at screens all day. Uh, <laughs> so, yes. So, unfortunately, I'm on season four. I enjoyed the first three seasons, which we can talk about, but I'll briefly say that I am aware that there is a difference in season four, which is that, like, should I say it? Can I say the difference? Yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not a. It's not a secret. It's not like, a big secret, right? Yeah. Which is why I was like, I probably would have sort of geeked out a bit where I would have started doing research and then found out this information on my own. But uh, Dan Harmon is not the showrunner in season four. Yeah, he was and, fired from the show. Like the uh, yeah. Sony Pictures Television fires him. He's away for that entire season. Um, and then he is in a stunning turn of events, like miraculously rehired for season, for season five. five, right? Yeah. So I, unfortunately, I I'm trying to tell, but I I started watching season four, episode one, and I immediately just felt and noticed a a difference, just like there's something tonally that was slightly off, and I kept asking myself, is it? Is it because of that, or would I have never noticed had I not known? I, yeah, that and that's is, what I'm trying to figure out. That is the and question. And I'll never know. I'll and, never know because it was told to me that, you know, there was a difference. Right. I want to, at some point, run a blind case study on someone. Yes. And, <laughs> yeah. and they need to be, like just media literate enough to be able to like pay attention to writing but not yeah. media literate enough to know the the backstory of the television show community and i want right. to run a test and see if they notice a difference yeah. uh, i want to pull well, that I off somehow so if anyone out there has any ideas or test subjects i would love yeah to uh run that by someone because i'm genuinely yeah. curious if you know a community virgin who has not heard anything about the show and you can convince them not to look up anything about the show and then do this have them watch all the seasons and then ask if they notice any differences at any point please let us know I would that would be really that. cool me too and that's i wish i wish that would have been me i mean part of me is kind of like i just notice that it shot a bit differently, just slightly. I noticed that it's I feel like they're cheaper, playing. It's much cheaper. The lighting is much flatter. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And even though in the first episode of season four, they do this thing where they keep zooming into uh, into Abed's mind in a very that's so Raven seeing the future like <laughs> way. Uh, it's very like <laughs> a Jimmy Neutron brain blast. Yeah, um, it's, it's a combination of Jimmy Neutron brain blast. Um, that's a Raven, uh, future gaze. Um, mm -hmm. and he, it goes in and they're doing like, he's seeing everything as a sitcom, like a very Ch Chuck Lorre type sitcom. Um, and that of course uh, looks different, but it's supposed to a little bit, but they just, even in that one episode, I was like, I feel like whoever is in charge right now is just trying to go off of the tropes that they know about the kid. Like, it felt tropey. It didn't feel... it. That episode almost felt like a parody of their characters, which mm -hmm. I've already seen episodes previously do much better. But it wasn't a parody. It was like, this is episode one of season four. And so, I don't know. So that kind of... Uh, 
I started to watch it. I remember when I finished season three, I started to watch episode one of season four. And after like 10 minutes in, I was like, I think I gotta take, I, I, cause I really, I also really pummeled through. And unfortunately, as much as I love community, I really, really do from what I've watched so far, there are like what, 24 episodes a season, just like regular TV. And so sometimes it did sort of feel like a, a chore that I had to get through. Yeah, and I mean, that, that, I understand that, because most shows have, like, 13 episodes, like, max per season yeah. nowadays, and, and totally. Community is that old-school broadcast show where they had 25, 24, 23 episodes per season, and that, right. even on a half-hour sitcom, is a, a kind of a daunting task. That's a lot of yeah. TV. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I will yeah. say, season four in this man's humble opinion, is not as bad as its reputation. It is not up to the quality of what you have seen. I have also seen way worse television shows <laughs> than season four right. of Community. Uh, right. And every season from here on out is only 13 episodes. So, really? Yeah. So four, five, Wait, and six only has... oh. are all 13 episodes. So even if you don't like season four of Community, it's over in like two hours. <laughs> it's, wow. It's okay. not a long engagement. Interesting. Okay, that does motivate me a little bit more because I do want to watch it, but I just, yeah, that helps. That helps me, I think, get over this like hump that I have in my mind because of what I know. So thank you. You're, you're welcome. I, I want and, to encourage yeah. you to finish, because I think there are a lot of great episodes in season five and season six, and I don't yeah. really want to tell you anything else about them at this point. Uh, um, no, so that definitely want to get to those. I definitely want to get to those. I'm not, I'm not quitting. I promise. I just, <laughs> uh, I just needed uh, to figure out a way to see season four differently than I already do. So that that's helpful. Like, I'm just gonna, I'm not gonna treat it like it's bad. I'm gonna treat it like it's just different. Different doesn't mean bad. Right. You know, it but is when, you're different. Compar when you're comparing it to what you already know, it, it can seem that way. Exactly. And I think after how crazy season three got, I don't know if even if the, if Dan Harmon, the original creator had been around for season four, I don't know if he could have made a really good season four after convergent timelines and and all of the choices they make in that season you know that's true that's true yeah i mean because sometimes yeah sometimes seasons are just they just don't hit as well but you know it's kind of like a it reminds me of gilmore girls in a way of that like what i wonder is in the last season of gilmore girls amy sherman paladino and her husband I think his name is Dan Pallad Dan Sherman Palladino. Uh, they weren't on it, and so Gilmore Girls like ended in a way that we just don't know. We we didn't know if that was the way it was intended to end. And so what I wonder is like, what is season four? Did season four have the ideas Dan Harmon had, or did they have to like write the storylines and then that took it into a, a new timeline, if you will? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And there's all that, you know, a few, That's even though the main showrunner wasn't there, a lot of the same writers from season two and season three are still on for season four. And, That's true. So and, they know the characters. Yeah. So they know the characters. It's, it's different, 
Do not yeah. get me wrong. Do not hear me uh, differently. But I've seen way worse TV than season four of Community. Um, but I don't really want to say anything else about yeah the sh- those parts of the show you haven't seen because I don't want to color your experience any differently. Thank you. I ca- like yeah. I've been really trying not to do too much. Uh, Googling or anything like that just so I can be like fully surprised but I definitely I mean the first three seasons if that were all I saw of the show would be I I am I'm, was blown away and I, I really wonder how it would have colored my like life had I seen it when it came out and my yeah. in my taste I, th- I but I think I like it because because other things have colored my taste so that's why I enjoy it yeah Right. Absolutely. Um, so I I am curious. At this point, you've seen the first three seasons and a little kiss of the fourth. Um, little kiss. A little kiss. Uh, who are your fave character? <laughs> um, who are your fave characters? Do you have favorite? You know, you watched them all like kind of right in a row. But favorite episodes, favorite characters. What? Where? What are the Aaron Harlan tastes? It's really hard, actually. I think to pick. I want to say Britta is my favorite, yes. but I do think, I, I, I really do think so. Um, I think everybody has done really, really well uh, in terms of characters. I love that, um, gosh, I'm forgetting her name right now. I'm sorry, everybody. I'm still, I'm still new. Uh, Shirley. I, I love that Shirley's, Shirley has flaws as well, as sweet as she can be, mm-hmm. um, but she has some pretty blatant, uh blocks in terms of her perspective uh so but yeah Britta I think just there's so I love how kind of I love (laughs) I love how nutty she's gotten over the seasons Mm -hmm. um and how she wasn't just like the pretty confident political girl she's like turned into just I don't know. I, I, I can't wait to see where it goes because I really think as time has gone on, they really, really got away from the whole like Jeff and Britta thing as a whole. And that's kind of amazing to me. I don't know if that eventually comes back and that'll be exciting if they like for some reason bring back that storyline. But I think that's I don't know. Also, I don't know, it's really hard to choose favorites, actually. Do you, do you have a favorite? Is it Britta? Uh, Br- yes, Britta is my number one fave. Um, I have an, another big time fave that you haven't even met yet. Um, uh, but I, I mean, Larson? uh, no, unfortunately she's only, <laughs> uh, she's only around for like two episodes, but she does come in in season four, you know, they, they intro Brie Larson in, in season four. If you need further incentive to continue on your journey. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, I, I love I love Troy. I love Abed. I love Annie. I listen. I love everybody. Um, yeah, but Pierce, but Britta also, is my Chevy number Chase one. Is like Britta is your number one. Absolutely. I think it's amazing to think that because I have read about Chevy Chase and all that jazz. Um, it's amazing to me to think that he didn't really think the show was very funny because he's so funny in it. Right. Like. Chevy Chase can still deliver a fucking joke. <laughs> you yeah. Know? It's, well, it's just, it's like, it's incredible. Would he do stuff and then go, I'm not being funny. And everybody was going, yes, you are. Like, I, <laughs> I, like, cause I would imagine that it's hard to, if I thought a script was not funny 
And then I did, and I was like, okay, I guess I got to deliver these lines and I do it. And then everybody's laughing and I didn't understand why. I think that would be amazing. <laughs> so it just, it just goes to show like how talented he is, even though he's kind of a, I think a crotchety old man and was also a crotchety young man. I think from from what I've heard, legendarily so. Let you know, uh, uh, people (laughs) sign on to direct Chevy Chase movies, and after a week, they're like, "I cannot do this. I cannot work under these Chevy-based circumstances." He has always been. There's this um, SNL story, and you can weigh its validity. You know, it's just legend at this point, but. Uh, Chevy Chase came back in because he's only on season one of SNL, right? And then he uh, which leaves. I, I didn't know. I didn't know he was only on one season. He made such an impact that I thought, yeah. that's amazing. He's only on one season, and then uh, he is replaced by Bill Murray. So if you're going to replace <laughs> Chevy Chase, Bill Murray's not a bad way to go. And yeah, there, happy accident. And then he came back to host while Murray was still on the cast, and there's this story that, like, when Chevy comes out to do his host monologue, it looks like he's stumbling out, it looks like he's kind of being thrown out, and the the story goes that Bill Murray essentially punched him on stage. Like, could not work with this man to the point where uh, he beat him on stage. Now... Bill Murray is, again, his own fucking can of worms as far as working with him is concerned. But uh, that is that is the story. So Chevy's kind of always been Chevy, if that makes sense. Chevy's always been Chevy. He'll always be Chevy. He's got a large stake in Los Angeles um, uh, property, <laughs> <laughs> which, which I only found out because when I was in L.A. in the fall, a friend let me borrow her car because I was going to go see a friend. And then that friend has a baby and the baby had to be uh, put down for a nap. And so I didn't get to see that friend. So I was like, I'm just going to go for a drive. And then I ended up on a beautiful, windy road with lovely, lovely homes. And I was like, what road is this? And it was Chevy Chase Drive. And wow. uh, I kept seeing Chevy Chase like church, Chevy Chase schools, uh, like yeah, street names and stuff. And yeah, he's got a very large stake, which is just incredible to me. Yeah, I did not know he was a land baron. (laughs) (laughs) His name will live on. Yeah, I mean, for a second, when I saw it, I was like, oh, is that a stage name that he based off of these street names or something? But no, those street names were because of him. There is also, uh, of course, the idyllic small town of Chevy Chase, Maryland, um, which I, I I do not believe he is affiliated with. But Chevy Chase, Maryland, uh, you can you can visit it if you if you're looking for a day trip. But he's not affiliated with it. I don't think so. It's like a translation of like a Welsh uh, uh, song. And it, uh, like, the battle of, uh, all right, let me, let me just go to the Chevy Chase yeah, Maryland Wikipedia page. That name, it, it's just such a good name, and it's so specific. It's um, an exceptional name. So I want to know, yeah, I need to know the etymology of Chevy Chase. <laughs> yeah, it's named after a British ballad um, derived from Chevy, C-H-E-I-V-Y, and then Chase, C-H-A-C-E, it is uh, a, a rough, like, reconfiguring of that um, 
name of that of that section of land in England, and it just right. happens to be the name <laughs> of a uh, very <laughs> famous comedian as well. It's it's this crazy little little burg, and that's his given name. I'm not that's, actually sure if you that. know what I know. You know why didn't I do this research before? <laughs> I, I well, I've done so much other research about him, and yet Cornelius Crane Chase. Stop! His real name is Cornelius. Cornelius Crane Chase. <laughs> Cornelius Crane Chase is his given name by God. Well, so there you go. We both learned a little something today. No wonder he changed it to Chevy. <laughs> Chevy Chase. That's a that's a fucking name. I mean, that... Cornelius Chase was is is definitely like a Jane Austen character name, and it's also very cool. But in the seventies, I guess probably not. Chevy I say is... Mr. Chase is pursuing our own Abigail. Mr. Chase is courting Abigail at tonight's ball. <laughs> at the soiree. They say Cornelius Chase is going to dance with one Abigail Marsh. Cornelius! He's the eye of every... uh, He's the most eligible bachelor in Chevy Chase, Maryland. (laughs) Which is, of course, where this book takes place. That's where the book takes place, yeah. Um, Great, great. So we've written a Jane Austen uh, novel now based off of Chevy Chase. I love it. That sounds great. But yeah, I mean, so it's 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 hard. I think as an ensemble, they all do so, so well together. And then even the supporting characters like like Ken Jeong. Uh, wait, am I? Yeah, yeah. that's Ken Jeong that as uh, uh, Benjamin Franklin Chang. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. He's crazy funny. And then like the Dean, I don't know. It's just. It's great, and it was so self-aware. Even when they started to see themselves like reusing lines or entrances, and the way that other sitcoms do, I feel like somebody like I don't know, maybe Dan Harmon was like, "I gotta call this out because this is like not what I in- that I don't know." Either he intended to comment on it, or it started happening, and he was like, "We have to be like very meta about this because this isn't the show." Right? Uh, yeah. Exactly. I love it. Um, okay, great. Uh, let this let us segue now. Uh, this is the time where you can tell the people uh, what mm. you're up to and where they can find you if they want to hear more. Incredible. Um, hello, people. Uh, so um, on Instagram, I'm at uh, underscore fun apologetic underscore. Uh, on Twitter, I'm at I'm Aaron Harland. And I think that's it. Are those are, are, are all are those all the social medias? I think so. Basically, those are I the important so. ones. I think so. Um, right now, I'm actually uh, I yeah. So I, I I normally do improv and acting and other projects like that. But since I've been inside, I've been working on music actually. So that will be released somewhat soon, and I'm very excited about it. And that's and that's kind of uh, my big secret. So I I haven't even told some friends that I'm working on music. So there you go, podcast world. That's that's about it. I think so. <laughs> and y'all y'all better jump Maybe on those I- socials because this you know we got a hot album drop coming. Uh, it's a, it's an uh, exciting time to get into the world of Aaron Harlan. Thanks. Oh man. And I, Kevin, what are you up to? Anything other than this podcast? <laughs> I just I want to know. We're catching up. 
Sure, sure. Uh, I am doing a week daily uh, comic called Patty Plague Doc about a little cartoon plague doctor. Um, oh my god. You can find that on my own Twitter or on its own Instagram page, uh, Patty Plague Doc. Um, you can uh, obviously continue to check out this show, uh, listen to the Puffin Publishing podcast, my improv comedy show, uh, l- uh, occasionally listen to a tabletop RPG show that I do. And I am also working on a series of short stories called The Cola Wars about a bloody military conflict between Coke and and Pepsi. And eventually I will write enough of those that they can be a book. Dang, that's hot. Look at all those plugs. Everybody, get on it. Stay tuned. All that. Thank you. And thank you uh, for... Watch watch the show, all that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, go back. Watch the show, all that. I think they just rebooted it. Watch that too. Yeah. Uh, I have no idea where you can find all that uh, to stream, (laughs) but I say go for it. If the desire is strong enough, I'm sure you can do it. (laughs) Uh, thank you for joining me it was lovely catching up with you would you You want to come back on when you have finished the show and talk about the completion (gasps) of your journey no rush i very much no no i i very much would like to also because like i feel like there's more i could say and today my brain is a bit fried again you guys the screens um but yeah i think i would love to like digest it as a whole and then come back at you. If, you, if you'll have me. Of course. This has been a Talk Back Podcast. That was quite a show.